0: buyer here welcoming you to season three if you're new to the show i hope you'll subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast app and let's get growing want to donate directly to the show you can buy me a cup of coffee where your donation goes directly to support the green organic garden podcast it helps for things pay for things like hosting the mp3 files maintaining the website it's super easy i'll put the link in the show notes Thanks so much for listening. Hey listeners, are you wondering how you can grow your own healthy and nutritious food with confidence? Have you been frustrated as a gardener? Does the thought of weeding make your back ache? Have you tried to grow a garden before and found you can't even keep a plant alive? Does the cost of organic produce in the store make you cringe, but the thought of bugs in your garden make your skin crawl? Well, we have the answer for you. FreeGardenCourse.com. It is so easy. You enter your email. You will watch a video right there. You can get my Organic Oasis checklist, our Essential Tools checklist. It all shows up right on the thank you page. FreeGardenCourse.com. That's a beautiful what? A laugh. I love your laugh. It's sounds wonderful.
1: Oh, a oh, oh, laugh. Okay
0: uh and it's funny because I usually go to yoga laughter Tuesday mornings and just I didn't sleep well last night and I got up really late and I just Ugh. I was late and and then I missed Ugh. it <laughs> and I got myself booted out of the room oh, that's not fair something man. uh no I mean I think like I I I I try to log in it starts at seven thirty, so I try to log in at like 7:25, uh-huh. 7:28. And then I usually go get my water and coffee or whatever and the necessities. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just really slow and then the instructor starts talking and she can't keep her uh-huh. eye on I don't know. And I think I shut my computer today that I don't usually do. Ooh. So, <laughs> I was late and when I opened it like my computer had logged me out and then I don't know anyway it's um it's all good I and then so I wrote some cards and then I read your book that you sent me that came last night so I feel like we sound a lot in common although I thought we were going to be talking about your edible weeds (laughs) Landscaping today, and the book that came in the mail is the Stay Grounded. You are just like a prolific author. I have, I I mean, how many books do you write a year?
1: A couple. Okay, I'll tell you. Well, this is my backstory. Basically, um,
0: just super quick, let me introduce you because I know you're going to drop golden seeds and I don't want that. But is it Melinda or
1: Rose? Well, the Melinda is my real name. Uh, rose fiend is my pen name for these my gardening books so, so what how so, do you
0: want me to introduce you
1: um you can introduce me as melinda r cordell um also who writes under the name rose fiend cordell okay if that isn't <laughs> okay that sounds good
0: oh my gosh i love <laughs> your laugh this is so
1: wonderful Podcasting <laughs> oh, is thank the you best
0: What's it's that? just the best I mean, I connect with great people. People send me books. I I meet people who I laugh with. I make connections around the country. So I've been mm-hmm. like on this. Um, I I decided I was going to send everybody who's been a guest a birthday card. So I'm going to send you a link to send me oh, your yeah. address and your birthday afterwards. And then you'll get a birthday card. And like, I'm an artist. And so they're uh-huh. like can they're they're prints but they're like prints of paintings that i've done so it's kind of like everybody gets a little piece of my art and i get to like and it it just made a little easier to thought of breaking it up so I've been kind of writing them by the month. So I did get January's done this morning, and it's been so fun. People are like, "Oh my gosh, I was so surprised." I'm like, "Well, you filled out the form." They're like, "Yeah, but I forgot," and I'm like, "So it's it's been it's been lovely. It's lovely for me to handwrite a note. And just anyway, um, I'm going to introduce you and 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 we'll go from there. So sounds cool." Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is Tuesday, January 5th. It's actually 2021. I am so excited to introduce my guest. She wrote... She's written, like, she's, like, the most prolific writer. I mean, so many books. But this morning, I read Stay Grounded, Easy Growing Gardening, book number nine, Soil Building for Sustainable Gardeners. It's a lot like Anna Hessa's Primer that you have all heard me about. But wow. in a lot of ways, it's also has, like, I've got red lines all through it. I underlined all this stuff. Like, I learned a ton. It kind of almost, like, breaks down Anna Hess's primer into like a more simple, easy to understand, specific, this is what you do, this is why you do it, and this is how you do it. Um, it's just a great book you're gonna love. She also has this book, Edible Landscaping, that I'm hoping to talk about, so I'll be quiet. Here to dazzle us today, she's got a great laugh, Melinda R. Cordell, and her pen name, or Cordell, is Rose Feet cordell so welcome to the show melinda
1: <laughs> well thank you for having me <laughs> oh my goodness well i'm, I'm so like, excited Hest, to talk Hest to Hest is you good well I'm, not, I'm happy to i'm happy to talk to you too this is really nice
0: well cool and anna has just keeps telling me she's too shy so i've asked her several uh-huh. times to come on i don't I know really, why she's so really shy and she has youtube videos so i'm like this is just a phone call i don't know oh,
1: I did not know uh
0: that. it's hard to say anyway we are here to talk about you today so why don't you start out just telling listeners like a little bit about yourself. The one thing I don't know is like, are you in the North, Southwest? Where are you located?
1: <laughs> I'm in um, Savannah, Missouri, oh. which is a little bit North of Kansas city. Okay. So i going to talk a little, I, I might talk funny. I, I won't talk that funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then go ahead and tell listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I used to be a, well, I've been, I should say, um, I've been a, my big thing is that I was a municipal horticulturalist for the St. Joe parks and rec department for six, seven years, eight, uh, seven, but I've been, I did that as well as, and that was, that was the, that was, that was something else. <laughs> Cause I was kind of a crew of one person. I sort of ran things myself. I didn't really have a, uh, what do you call it? A dedicated crew through the year. So I what did, does like, a the,
0: municipal horticulturist do? Like well, I ran the, you I decide I, what bushes are going to go here and what we're going to plant I, there and this I yard card
1: of like about twenty eight gardens, thirty some gardens in the through the city of St. Joe, including City Hall, Paddy Park, um, Felix Street Square, um, Krug Park, Hyde Park, North End, South End, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> all, and all around the town, man. So, and I would be in charge of tree planting projects, like on 22nd Street and Lover's Lane. We had a big one there. We had, oh, we had I planted a bunch of trees out on Southwest Parkway with a tree spade, you know, and, you know, and just basically I was just pretty much running and trying to keep, um, keep all the fires put out, you know, (laughs) keep things planted, keep things pruned, take care. I had 300 roses in the rose garden. I love that rose garden. I miss that rose garden so much. But yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, but it was a—it uh, was definitely an education too. And then I've also done horticultural stuff through all my life. I was like in fifth, even back in fifth grade, I was like um, reading a. My grandma had a book called Missouri Wildflowers, and I would walk around, you know, wander around Nottaway, my little my little hometown, <clears throat> up in the hills and stuff, looking for wildflowers and identifying them from the book. So I was uh even even way back, I was just a little flower nerd, you know, but. Yeah, and and so, but I I work as a proofreader now because it's I love air conditioning, I love air conditioning so much because <laughs> I work <laughs> out in the gardens, you know. It'd be like ninety five degrees out in the rose garden, and and it, the rose garden was sort of placed in this sort of a a bowl, you know, with the hills all around, and the you know you can see out the front, and I could look across the Krug Park Lagoon, and I could see the little flag waving, but in the bowl there'd be no no wind whatsoever is like 95 degrees outside 95 percent relative humidity so everything you sweat you know is it's not going to evaporate (laughs) so it was good times man but I mean it was um it was a lot I learned a lot and I um accomplished a lot and uh you know I like to drive through town it's like I planted that tree that's a tree I planted so isn't that that, that the best yes it is Got some really pretty, um, um, oh dear golden rain trees around the <clears throat> Krug Park Castle, and you know, they're blooming and they were blooming this summer. and I was like, Oh, yeah, I did. that was good.
0: Well, I guess you kind of answered. Usually, I start my show asking about your very first gardening experience like, who were you with? Were you a kid, <laughs> an adult? What'd you grow? It sounds mm-hmm. like you were probably with your grandmother, is that right?
1: both my grandmas my grandma my grandma ann had um house plants my grandma mary um lived next door to us or, or we lived next door to her technically <laughs> but you know they both had you know they'd have gardens out back um i get house plant starts from both my grandmas so when i was in 7th grade i had my little plant table i had like a oh uh philodendron i called him terrace i had a little um uh peperomia i called it nathaniel <laughs> stuff like that they all had names you know Aww. i had a cactus i had a cactus and oh man i i should have got rid of that cactus i kept getting stickers from it um but yeah it's just it's just a sort of a long long history with plants and flowers you need to stuff.
0: write like a biography children's book about you well
1: i, I did get, uh, also have a i also have a master of fine arts from um, um the university of or um hamlin university and um Writing for children, so there is possible that is a possibility. (laughs) I do. (laughs) That's my I'm an aspiring
0: children's book illustrator, so maybe I Mm -hmm. could illustrate it if you write it.
1: (laughs) I'll have to look at your illustrations. We, I don't know. We might be able to work something out here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my listeners always want to know, like, what can they do to, you know, be more effective in their garden, grow a better tomato, or grow like. I'm so curious about this edible landscaping. Like what, what's the first step to developing edible landscaping?
1: Well, I will, I'll have to I, you invite me to your show again. Cause I want to talk to you some more about that. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah, well, but I, I can, I can start with this. Basically I was going to say this. I always start with this. You got to start with the soil because okay. you know. That is to, without I, a
0: doubt the theme of mm-hmm. my show.
1: Uh-huh. Cause it's, it's like, it's like if the plant doesn't like where it's at, it can't just pull itself up and walk off to a better location. You know, it's stuck there, you know? So you gotta, you gotta give it the, give it the food and nourishment and not only just the plant in the itself, but all the little organisms that live in the soil, your worms, your bugs, your little microbiota, you know, that's living down there. You gotta feed those guys too. And you know, so you, if you gotta, if you have a good, um, if you got a good living, um, busy soil, you're going to have happy plants too. So, you know, make, you know, I mean, you can't do much about the air around your plants, but you sure can do a lot about your soil around your plants. Uh. (laughs) Sorry. I just saw you muted yourself and I was like, uh Oh, there you go. I do I
0: mute myself while you're talking because my listeners do tell me don't interrupt your guests <laughs> 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 repeatedly so I the mute button kind of does hold me back oh, that's helpful. from that's um, from interrupting a little so that means like if I cut in and and ask something mm-hmm. it, it makes it just have to be like a little more important on sense. my end. Um, it also keeps the, like, feedback on my end. Oh, I used to type the show notes while my guests were talking, oh. but I found this Podgrass transcript service, so now I take notes on paper. There you go. So it doesn't make that people don't hear that typing in the background. But, like, I've gone back and, like, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you can hear the clicks <laughs> on, like, the first 25 or maybe even, like, the first 200 episodes. I oh, don't wow. know. Some some it seems they're louder than others. Mm -hmm. i thought it was maybe i had a new microphone i had to get a couple of years ago and it was the new microphone but now i've gone back and i can still hear them in the first episodes. Mm -hmm. anyway um you know one of the challenges i've been having in my soil that i found a lot of information in your book is like with my blueberries and so i was glad to see it's funny because it's exactly what my husband said it's what jm fortier said is that leave them where they are they need compost and organic materials Mm -hmm. because my blueberries are like actually in like a super is it high alkaline like they have an 8.3 on their soil test and they need like a 4.5 like they're in like the worst place to be for blueberries but i have since been told i shouldn't maybe add the um azalea for even though it's an organic um somebody Mm -hmm. told me to add this azalea thing that if i just keep adding the compost and that they will well in your book even it says it will kind of neutralize itself out in its own Mm -hmm. and that was kind of what my husband and jm Fortier both said they're like you know i think they just need more time to be established they're only two years old them a chance
1: yeah i mean if you're if you're putting something into like you know something in because we always we have kind of have that problem here a little bit. Well, we do too. Because we have the um, we have the clay soils and stuff. So they're they sort of um, tilt a little bit alkaline on the on the um, pH meter on the pH scale. So you kind of we have to um, <clears throat> really work to um, make the soil um, acidic enough to make our blueberries or any other uh, member of the um, um, Ericaceae family um, happy so what else i i caught in your book that nobody else seems to have mentioned
0: is we got our soil test taken in the first one was in july and the second one was in august when there's more nitrogen fixing going on and you were saying that we should maybe do it in the fall because that could be skewing my results especially like if i picked a scoop where there's like uh legumes i think you said maybe or like yeah. corn stuff where the nitrogen fixing is really going on so i'm curious yeah. to know if that because like our results all came back like super high super high very high mm-hmm. um the one thing that's frustrating me is the lab that we sent them to and the reason we got two tests is they don't measure organic matter and so no we sent the second test i thought specifically because they were going to tell us the organic matter and it came back without it again gosh isn't that <laughs> weird so i'm gonna try to go to a different lab mm-hmm. this summer and do yet a third you know another test there
1: you go i mean is it a is it a private lab or is it a university yeah they're called lab?
0: logan labs okay. but I, I, as i've been researching i thought they were like kind of expensive but it really isn't and like what helped me what i loved about the first place is they it's like uh all-in-one it comes with like the prepaid envelope but she even sent me a shovel because <laughs> you talk about oh, how to make sure your shovel is clean and everything and like yeah you don't she sent me everything and it particle. was so easy like she sent the paper bag. I just had to like take the scoop put the shovel the thing was prepaid send it off I didn't have to do anything Crazy. And, and so this other place I got held up because I got to the post office and they wanted between 13 and $20 to mail the soil sample. And I was like, Holy cow. And then, but then I did find at the UPS store, there's a, um, you know, uh, a box where you can put as much weight as you want as will fit in the box for $8. And so Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to go that route, but still it's a $40. It's yeah, a $40 a test plus the $8 shipping, but you just have to wrap your head around $48. Cause then I was reading in this other book about this test. That's $160. Granted he's a farm, but mm-hmm. still 40 compared to 160 is still great savings. And the one that the woman sent me, she sent it to me free cause I'm a podcaster, but mm-hmm. their test is $40 too. So oh, even though it you, comes prepaid, it's super a, easy.
1: I was gonna say you have a university extension um um uh place in your county don't you we
0: do and actually the guy from MSU I sent him my soil results and he booked an Uh interview and I'm talking to him at the end of the month for free to go over the results of the test but I don't think in Montana they do the testing for free anywhere
1: oh no kidding i,
0: don't yeah, ask. I it's have like, to you're... do a little more research but the, like yeah. the woman who gave me the logan labs name was mm-hmm. patty armister who's been a guest on my show and like yeah. it's hard for me to imagine if she could get a free test from msu she would be paying to get one from logan labs mm-hmm. and she was oh. the one that recommended them so Especially yeah i saw in your book that you were saying i'll find out from the msu guy if yes, it's too. true but i'm pretty sure in montana they They will help you with the results, but I don't think they actually do the testing.
1: Okay. I was going to say, it's like, it's different in Missouri, but I think, yeah, but it's possible that, you know, since we've had college, you know, um, funding cut, we've definitely had college funding cut in the state. You know,
0: I was just going to say that it could have really changed because like they got rid of our (laughs) Master Gardener program. (gasps) in no! my county and now we have to go to the next county which is a 60 mile drive and who wants to drive 60 miles on thursday nights in the middle of oh winter at seven o'clock at night and so That's this and right now. because of the pandemic actually mm-hmm. they went online this year which was pretty mm-hmm. cool so my husband's thinking of taking it it starts probably any day now it starts at yeah. i should look into that again yeah. he was like you should check into this so I don't know but yeah yeah our funding got really cut our extension agent in our county went to like half time. so she's oh, halftime no. fair manager which takes up a lot of her time and then uh-huh. very part-time extension agent in the county where I live okay
1: anyway <laughs> back to soil <laughs> I was like oh I'll wait for the next question here <laughs> Uh, well
0: generally my next question is what grew well in your garden this year but i i wasn't sure if you wanted to answer that or if you wanted to talk oh that's wait, fine to... actually well
1: that's a good question have... okay i got... actually it is a fine question because well the problem is um we had a we had this pandemic <laughs> so but it's okay i mean you know the garden's going to wait for you. i you know my, i had a we had a kind of had a real rough time in february and march my husband was in the hospital for um, oh, it was a number of weeks, oh and so because I mean, of COVID. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, we didn't think it was, and you know, as time went on, we we're like, I think we we were like, I think we had COVID, and you know, he actually at we asked when he was there getting ready to be discharged, he asked to have a test, and they're like, Have you been out of the county or at the country? And he's like, I went to Kansas. Does that count? And they're like, Ha 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 ha. No, <laughs> so he didn't get his COVID. Should they didn't test him no because at the time back in march they're like well we can't test you unless you've gone out of the country you know apparently kansas doesn't count i was like kansas is a whole nother planet sorry kansas <laughs> but, but no. it doesn't really matter because it
0: started like with yeah and that was a that was the, that was the, yeah, that was the they, thing that was the thing in the
1: hospital you can't get tested so you know, they're so not testing
0: really- people in montana really either and they make it yeah. very hard to get a test and then so the they charge thing they're charging it's like are they charging people are they not charging people like it's just i don't
1: know Crazy. but yeah because i totally yeah, think garden. i had
0: it too and oh wow. i want to know now well, i've been reading you can go to the red cross and if you donate blood they can tell if you had the antibodies but mm-hmm. it has to be within three months of when you had it
1: yeah so the garden kind of went by the wayside i did grow yeah. um <laughs> some swiss chard i grew some oh crap what was that it has some little plants the little plants I put around the Swiss chard oh my gosh Melinda (laughs) anyway I had some Swiss chard I had some tomatoes duh I had tomatoes you know because my my son and I will eat the little we always I always I always plant the little um cherry ones because you can get so much faster and I'm just I I do not like to wait at all and then I have raspberries I just have this big raspberry bramble in the middle of my yard and it's just full of weeds (laughs) so but you know the raspberries came up good and that's all I was really interested in at the time, so, but yeah, it's, I mean, you know, but sometimes the garden does fall by the wayside, and, you know, it it just happens, and, you know, but the garden's gonna be there next year, you know, you just, I just keep um, throwing stuff on the compost pile, and, you know, I'm like, okay, this year, this year, I'll go ahead and plant the stuff I, because I planted, I got a crap load of seeds, (laughs) I never planted any of them, so, but this, you know, You know, like I say, like I say in the books, on all my books, you know, life is going to sometimes come at you sideways and that's to be expected. So, you know, don't beat yourself up if you can't garden, if you can't get out to the garden, if you can't um, fulfill all the plans you want to fulfill, I mean, if you can, you know, go crazy. But if you can't, you know, there's, you know, the garden's still going to be there, you know, next year's going to come, you know, and actually next year's here, you know, so there is hope. I hope. i'm just like oh my god 2021 has got to be better than last year so i'm sort of um holding out for that
0: I i think that's great we had last year we had our best garden ever but the year oh, before we didn't mm-hmm. and like i was going crazy because i didn't have any greens in my freezer and i didn't have any swiss chard this year my lasagna with the frozen swiss chard from the oh, it was so good i always make a veggie lasagna for christmas and no kidding oh, it came out so good yeah i'm a big swiss chard person and then uh-huh. yeah i make a veggie i had frozen broccoli from the summer and the one thing i forgot with the carrots because they weren't oh. frozen and they were out on the porch and I made five lasagna I made three meat lasagnas and two veggie pans and like I, I get done I'm like oh I forgot the carrots so I don't yeah. know if that helped but they were they came out great But <laughs> I'm a lot like you but yeah that Swiss chard is like one of my all-time favorites like I can't I yeah
1: can that stuff just up perked up that just grew together. right real nice and it's pretty I go out there and take a little nibble off the leaves and stuff and I'd be like picking tomatoes I pick a little chard eat some chard eat some tomatoes I was like well that's my day I like
0: Swiss chard instead of celery like I like the stocks of Swiss chard because I don't know celery grows good in Montana but I just have never mastered uh, it and so my I husband... consider
1: celery celery is a member of the plywood family I don't I don't I don't mess <laughs>
0: I just to me Swiss chard has such a better flavor. I don't know. I tried to mature my grandkids onto it, and they're like, "Eh, "It's a little earthy uh, for us." But uh, once you get used to it, to me, Mm -hmm. the the stalks are bigger, and you dip it with some cottage cheese and fresh herbs, or some cream cheese mixed with some fresh herbs from the garden. And oh
1: Oh my goodness, that's
0: the best.
1: Now, see, Uh, you're way ahead of me. I'm just like, I will put this in a pan and saute it. Okay, I have I have my food. You know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I like I you know, I keep the stock separate and then I and then I mm-hmm. saute up the greens. Sometimes mm-hmm. I chop up the stocks in there, but I I just feel like, you know, I don't know what else is like a celery stock than I just start draw? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, well, so was there something that didn't go the way you thought it was going to
1: go? Oh, uh, pretty much all of 2020, but
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean in the garden, like something that didn't um, pan out yeah. the
1: way you thought it would. Well, actually, the the Swiss chard, like I say, the Swiss chard and the tomatoes. Um, I I wish I'd put more tomatoes out. I put, I actually put tomatoes around the chicken pan, and the lawnmower guy um um, um killed them, and I was just like, oh. Like, hey. <laughs> I then,
0: always wonder if that happens with my sunflowers because I put mm. them out, and I wonder is somebody like getting
1: them when before like I'm <laughs> not realizing. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's really. I was like, well, I guess I'll just maybe next, maybe this year I'll put them inside the chicken pan. I mean, they don't grow. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a thing as there's such a thing as too much fertility in the soil. And, you know, you got all that hot nitrogen going and all the chickens doing their thing. But wouldn't the chickens. chickens eat them? What's that? Wouldn't the chickens eat them? Um, they have actually the tomato plants, they've left the leaves alone. So I think I could probably put them in. I'm just more worried about them scratching because they scratch up the ground around the tomato plants i've got one who scratches big holes in the ground you know so i'll but i if i put some stuff around it or like some rocks around the roots or something so they can't scratch up the tomato plant they should be okay with it and you know if the chickens get a couple of tomatoes you know that's you know that's a win for them that's a win not so much for me but chickens need food too they're giving me eggs they're good girls and they're giving you poop (laughs) yes
0: yes (laughs) i would say our chickens are here for the poop and the eggs are just the cherry on top
1: yeah and i like my girls i let them you know when when the sun's going down i'll let them out and i've got you know i let them out and they run around my ankles and they're all pecking at the grass and it's very peaceful (laughs) my husband hates the chickens man he's just like why do you ever get those damn chickens but i love them, so he puts up with it I actually have, have a
0: pet chicken this year that likes to sit on my shoulder while I'm working.
1: Oh, what kind of, it's like what kind of chicken the, is she?
0: I don't know. I call her little eagle because she had a yellow head when she was born and a big gold, like dark brown body and a golden head. And oh, pretty girl. we had a grizzly bear attack <gasps> and we had three chickens and it just destroyed the oh pen. My gosh. Like the bear this year finally just ripped the whole wall off all their nesting. Oh. So it has, like, they're still sleeping in my bathroom in cages every day. (laughs) So we got her a friend that I call Queen Juliet because she cost me, like, more than any chicken I've ever paid for. Uh And so she's kind of like his mom or her mom and and literally goes, sits on my shoulder when I bring them up to the house at night. And she will sit, like, in my chair while I'm reading a book or on my shoulder while I'm on my computer as long as, you know. And oh, yeah, girl. she just likes to hang out. I've never had a chicken for a pet before, but <laughs> usually I'm like your husband, and I like to stay away because I've always been like I always wanted to let them out and let them free. And my husband's like, no, mm-hmm. the cage is for protection. Yeah.
1: And it's you can have grizzly is. bears. Holy crap. I'm just like, oh you know, we have had chickens <laughs> for over
0: 20 years and never had a problem. And two years ago. This grizzly bear in our neighborhood, and my neighbors have posted pictures of it, and there's like warnings: the bear's around, and people, and the and the Fish Wildlife and Parks will actually come put electric fence around your chicken pen, and then take it down it portable down. fence.
1: Um, uh-huh.
0: but we just were like, the first year we were like, oh, we don't need that. It's ridiculous. It's been 20 years; we've never had a problem. He ripped uh-huh. I it know. off. And we had a, and we had a chicken that made it. And then last spring or the spring before we got a rooster and the day after we got the rooster, he, the bear came back and got everything. Oh, and then so in July, it was last spring because so so then finally in July, I got this little baby and sure enough, two days after we get the baby, here comes the grizzly bear back again. And so now we just bring them in every night and they sleep in my bathtub. It's like, we go down there, they're sitting in their cages. They're happy. Uh They and they just um come up to the house and we put them out in the morning and so my husband like figures out a way to make that coop so secure that the bear which I don't know other like I said (laughs) concrete bricks (laughs) unless it's um electric fence it sounds like
1: yeah electric fence everywhere oh my gosh I mean we have brown bears down south Missouri but that I've never seen one in in the wild. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nope. 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 <laughs> anyway, straight out of Montana. <laughs> tell
0: us, did I ask about something you're excited to do this season coming up
1: that you haven't done before? Oh, I don't know. I've, I haven't, I haven't even made my plans for the. I haven't made my plans for the garden yet because I'm just like, right now, right now I'm looking out at snow and I'm just like going, yeah, but I gotta, I gotta get on that. I would like. I keep keep meaning to plant those little um melons because um i peek uh baker seed baker creek no yeah baker creek seed company they have these little crazy melons out of taiwan and out of asia that are just these little things and i just like i'm not really a melon person i'm not really crazy about them unless they're watermelon but these little things look so cool i just want to try them i just need to i just need to eh, i say that a lot i just need to do this and i'm like you there's a lot Lot of things you need to do. Well yeah oh, I do. Cool.
0: I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I feel like we have a lot in common. My <laughs> husband grew these little miniature watermelons and cantaloupes one year and they were oh. so tasty. Oh they were tiny but they did have a lot of like for the size they did have a lot of fruit there. Like you got a pretty flavor. good thick um yeah and they I had great it. flavor. Cause you know melons in Montana I mean there is a dixon melon company that's south of us that like basically just sells melons but their climate is still quite a bit warmer than ours um yeah. what was so i have to say send up the, it sounds I'd like have you a... have seeds because seed mm-hmm. shortages like i'm already hearing major things about seed shortages
1: oh i haven't i haven't well i haven't i haven't mailed off for my seeds yet so i was yeah, like, oh, yeah i guess there would be get, seed and, shortages and oh yeah get on it
0: yeah the seed companies really got wiped out last year and already oh. there are things that you can't order
1: i could see if some of the well the so, other thing is i do have a lot of seeds in the <laughs> i do have last year's seeds in my um garage right now so yeah i can probably just do a little test to see if they're viable so yeah i'll probably end up doing that you know because you know oh good lord I that's I what i was thinking out.
0: Yeah, we just got our johnny's and our big catalogs yesterday.
1: Yeah, I, I got actually them. I got them the other
0: day. This year is the first year I was out there planning next year's garden in July because I bought the beneficial nematodes and things. I finally broke down and bought them to try to get mm-hmm. the flea beetles out of my kale. And I was like, Well, oh what gosh. bed am I going to be putting the kale in next year? so that I know where to put these nematodes this year Mm -hmm. sure and then I missed one of the beds, but I kind of have my layout designed for next year
1: already which is unusual for me yeah I'm really bad about the um rotating of the crops you know Elliot Coleman and the um where is it at the new organic gardener he grower or no it's called the new organic grower and he's got a huge system for um uh, rotating crops and I cannot get my head around it. I get so confused. It's just like, I don't know. I think I'm missing some kind of spatial thing in my, in my consciousness or whatever, but yeah, I just like, I just sort of, I most of the time I end up winging it. It's like, well, that doesn't fit there. Okay. Well, let's throw something else there. <laughs> That's, it's like pretty much what I did when I was a horticulturalist at, for the city of St. Joe, you know, I, I have all my stuff in the greenhouse. And, you know, I grab a bunch of flats and run them out to city hall. It's like, well, okay, fit, fit, fit. Oh, okay. That's not going to fit, you know? So you sort of eyeball it and put, put other stuff in and, you know, and of course, you know, so you're, so it's all, for, for me, it's a lot of improv, improvisation. <laughs> My garden is a mess. It's so funny because people are like, oh, Melinda, I bet you have the most beautiful garden. I was like, ha, 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 you're so funny. <laughs> So that's uh, like I said, I do a lot of winging. It's like a lot, a lot of my time I keep spending because I keep um, wanting to write more books. So that's part of the thing about being very prolific is um, I just I'm just like, oh I got to I need to write. I just I'm just like always all the time writing books. So this so the garden kind of falls by the wayside a lot of times when I'm just over here going, oh shoot, I've got a deadline. I've got a deadline. So sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Trying to do better. no worries but you've been
0: doing this for a long time right you've been gardening for a really long time anyway oh yes so a lot of it's probably just automatic
1: yeah it's just you know like i say eyeballing and you know if the seeds don't get watered right you know well enough or i get a little bit of um uh damping off disease you know you cut out the part of the um flat where the um, seedling the the surviving seedlings are and you know hope for the best and you know uh, like i say a lot of it a lot of times it's i'm just sort of winging it i'm just sort of trying to put it together because i get super super distracted about you know with all my other stuff too so <laughs> yeah but you also uh, probably
0: I'm- like have a very inherent part of like this is where the sun's going to be at this time of year. And this is going to be shady and this is going to be drier and this is going to be moister, And this, you know, this grew well here last year and this absolutely never is going to grow in this specific. Like I just find when I started my show six years Mm -hmm. ago, now I totally had a Brown thumb and could barely keep a geranium alive. Like my husband's really the gardener. But oh, my wow. learning curve and the fact that I'm even talking about taking over, like, uh, my knowledge is, it, it's insane how much I've learned. Oh, yeah. Mostly in cool part food. because of my, um, uh, 99% is my amazing guests like you. But also mm-hmm. just like the more time I've spent in the garden, the more time I've spent down there, the more I know about this place. This is where the sun is. This part doesn't, like last summer is driving me crazy. I'm like, why mm-hmm. is this bed even here? It's in the shade like <laughs> until two o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of August. Ah, it might get the sun yeah. in June. Like, and how much our sun moves. Like, I was really surprised how many places in our garden did not get sun in at like one time of the summer as oh, it yeah. did and, at other times of the summer. And just like and those little tweaks.
1: Too. Yeah, can make a huge better time. Yeah, because I have better time growing my plants in the windows here in um, winter, just because the sun is so much lower in the west or the south. And so the, but during the summer, the sun's, you know, just about at the top of the sky. So I can't, I have to put them under a grow light, which is weird. But, you know, in the summer, I have to put my plants under a grow light because I am not getting enough sun in the, in the house. There's, the angle of the sun is wrong. So yeah, even you know during different parts of the year, spring, your sun's going to be located. Yeah, in a different exactly. Place in the summer, the winter, the fall. So yeah, I mean you're working with that. I mean you sort of, there. You know when you when you work with plants and um, diseases and stuff, you sort of, you sometimes you can you start developing a, a sense where you can look at something and you're just like oh, and it occurs to you what you know there's something wrong with this. Like yes, oh this is really weird because I was I when I was walking. I'd go for walks, you know, during lunch break or whatever. And I, and there's a big old ash tree in the neighborhood. And I was just walking by and I was like, wait a minute. There's something wrong with this ash tree. And it looked fine before, I guess. But I I was like, I looked at it and I was like, there's a lot of dieback up there. You know, the top branches were having a lot of dieback. And I was like, wait a minute. I think this has got emerald ash borer. And I was like, how, do, how would I know that? I've never seen a tree with that emerald ash borer. And then, you know, as you know it's like within a month the leaves all came off you know from the ash tree and 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 i went back and i looked through the um, um university extension websites about um emerald ash borer and there's a whiting of the bark where they bore in and the the they, um Park around that area would turn sort of a whitish, so blonding or bleaching, but yeah, and 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 that's what the problem was. Was it was it actually was emerald ash borer, but that that tree just died. Like it didn't take a month, but you know, it's, but you get a sense. You know, if you're in the garden long enough, you get a sense of, you know, what's wrong. You get a sense of what's right. Sometimes you know you're not always right, but you know you get a better sense. You get a better sense of how things are working and how, you know, what the dynamics of you know all these p- different plants growing together or not growing together so yeah it's just it's just something you develop over time and it's kind of a cool sense too you kind of get know, that bird like, watching too. There's
0: this podcast that this woman Nicole Burke has called Gardenery, and she's like a garden designer. And it's funny because I find myself naturally doing the things she says. Like walk around your neighborhood and like start thinking about what would you do if that was just, you know, if they were paying you to design their and I just oh. do that naturally. Like when I go to people's yards, I'm like well, this is what you know, this is where I would put some perennials and this is what your lawn like I'm always like, uh, you need some clover in your lawn. You need to water your lawn. <laughs> like I went to this <laughs> one yard and it was like full of dandelions. I'm like, Well, look at your soil. I mean, you have more soil showing than grass. Like if mm-hmm. you just watered, it would, you know, fill the dandelions are like, you know, doing their job trying to get the water from the way down low because you don't water your lawn. It's but I just like, I'm like, oh, nice. I would put these plants there. And I would put, and like, I found myself naturally just doing that after like all these years of listening to my podcasters, I mean, my guests. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Melinda, my listeners do not want to hear from me again. So this is kind of the part of the show we call getting to the root of things. Okay. So do you have a least favorite activity? Something you got to force yourself to get out there and do?
1: Oh, lately it, Lately, it seems like I have to force myself to get out there because I'm so I'm really preoccupied of, with writing books but then when I get outside it's wonderful and fine I was like why don't I do this more often I do this a lot <laughs> I can totally my
0: understand um so then on the flip side what is your favorite activity you do once you get out
1: there oh I just like to putter around just try to clean up the try to clean up the um garden and stuff and try to get some stuff growing and you know <laughs> So I end up letting the chickens out, and then the chickens come join me, and I'm like, I'm surrounded by chickens, and I'm a happy girl. It's so funny. I just like being surrounded by the little animals in the yard. So I'm just, I got my plants, got my chickens, I got some tomatoes, I'm good. <laughs> What's the best
0: gardening advice you've ever received?
1: Hmm, try to think. I think, well, I think I read a book by um Oh, you—you you guys know E.B. White, and his wife, um, Catherine sure. Sergeant White, <clears throat> was the editor at the New Yorker for a zillion years. Very, very good. And she actually was very, um, a very good gardener. And so, I think I can't remember if E.B. White wrote this. I think he did because he was watching her um, tend to her plants, and and she, he said that she had the attitude of, well, if it won't grow somewhere, it, it can go away and wilt, and. You know, so I think that's the <laughs> I think I think that's the best thing I came across in um, just you know gardening. If you're growing something and it doesn't want to work for you, just let it go away somewhere and wilt. And you know, I sort of, I, and so when I, when I was um, horticulturaling as a city horticulturalist or even in my own yard, you know, I try to um, grow things that are, you know, they will take care of themselves basically, and it saves so much time and so much energy. You know, if you're trying, I mean. I mean, you've got passions, you know, I've got, I grow orchids for heaven's sakes. I like those little phalaenopsis orchids and you get them so cheap. And so I bring them home and I get my little pretty flowers here. They're starting to bloom, but, you know, but they don't take a lot of energy. They don't take a lot of action. You know, I set them in their pots and I give them their water and, you know, I'll put them in the sink once in a while, spray them off and make them happy. And they bloom for me. And, you know, it's the low maintenance stuff that just really, you know, seems to work out so well for me, obviously. And so, yeah, I think that's probably the best gardening advice I've gotten. Perfect.
0: Is there, do you have a favorite tool? Like if you had to move and could only take one tool with you, is there
1: something you couldn't live without? Oh, I'd probably just take, you know, my, I got a little tiny shelf. No, I just remember what it was. My Falcos. I've got, uh, I actually got, <laughs> when I got married in 1995, I had a, um, uh, bridal shower but i just asked for gardening gifts because i already had everything i needed you know i didn't need towels well i didn't need towels but i was just like i really rather have gardening tools so i got this my mom got me a pair of palco um gardening um, um pruners you know she's like i don't know why you're asking me to get these for you she doesn't actually she does not actually talk like that <laughs> but <laughs> so i'm like i was like do you know how good these are you know and i've had them all these years i used them out in the rose garden when I was a horticulturalist, I used them, you know, in my, when I um, went off and I did like um, freelance work as a horticulturalist, you know, but yeah, I've had them, I still have them and they work fine. And, you know, they're just the best dang tools, you know, so, and they're super expensive, you know, they're like 50, what is it? 40 bucks back in 1995. I don't know how much they cost now, but yeah. So they've, they've been, they've lasted me so many years. So I'm, I'm a total fan. I also had a little Felco saw, but I think when my I think my daughter ran off with it or dropped it somewhere. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's 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 my favorite tool of them all. Yeah,
0: I one of the things I discovered too. My mom got us a pair of super fancy cutco pruners. I can't even imagine what she paid for them. But Ooh. I found the biggest tip, trick for me with it was I have like a mailbox down in the garden and keeping the pruners in the garden. Oh is a huge trick because it's waterproof and just having them down there because yeah once you have a pair of pruners that you love it's like oh my god where are my pruners where are my pruners i need my pruners (laughs) i totally agree
1: yeah i I actually actually keep mine on the bookshelf next to the i have uh, like 50 like i wish i had 15 bookshelves i have like three bookshelves next to the um, kitchen door and on the shelf on the it's actually the poetry shelf i actually have my gardening gloves and my pruners and my binoculars too so if i see a little bird i can go out there and you know try to figure out what kind it is
0: (laughs) i love that i teach a um a bird class i'm an elementary teacher by trade and we really went through this bird unit last year and i was amazed at how much i learned about identifying birds from this one class because my parent i mean we grew up we always had bird books we went bird watching all spring and fall like i you know but like taking this bird class really helped me nail down to, you know, being able to detect like the different size of the tail and the different like shape of the wing and the different stripes and we go through a ton mm-hmm. of birdseed here. Like, I want to grow some flowers just so I don't have to buy birdseed in the winter. I mean, we would <laughs> spend a hundred dollars on birdseed. Like, no, I just mm-hmm. bought another twenty-five dollar bag.
1: Now, part yeah, of it feed, is yeah, the feed squirrel. prices are going up too, man. Huh? Feed prices are going yeah, feed prices are going up too or have been going up. Yeah. so So that doesn't help you yeah you grow some oats out there grow some sunflowers grow all the little um amaranth amaranth is good mm -hmm. you can get all those crazy um different kinds of amaranth and you can also you can also get the seeds and eat those you can get the leaves and eat those if they're small so yeah there's a crap load of options you have a bird garden (laughs) hey do you want to talk about crops to
0: grow for your soil because i learned a lot about cover crops reading your book
1: Okay. Oh, uh oh well tell (laughs) tell me tell me exactly what I should talk about.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe like listeners, I mean we I mean we talk about a lot of my show, but do you want to talk about like what are some cover crops they might want to grow? Um like what was I reading about the alfalfa? The gardener can clip the alfalfa hedge. Since the plants should be cut back every 28 days anyway, and harvest the leaves for mulch on the garden topsoil. Just before yeah. the first purple flowers open, get a pair of head shears and cut the alfalfa plants down eight Like that was all new to me. Like I yeah. have like I have this whole chapter is practically underlined.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um I don't eat i don't eat a lot of alfalfa. That's not good for you. But a little bit maybe. But the tea, I've you know, the tea's <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty rough. It's not like you're drinking sweet you know delicious ginger tea or nothing like that. But I mean still it's still a good um you know the I think if you if it is it does take a lot of work because you do have to keep after it. You know, I'm pretty bad at that. I mean, you know, red clover for the purposes of, you know, just general uh soil building and um uh, nitrogen fixation, you know, it probably serves the task. I tend to let um I throw a lot of white clover seed all over the place just because, you know, white clover for me, I just like it. It's easier. I can get a crap load of white clover from the local nursery and I just throw it around and the chickens love it and it smells good. And it just, you know, when the the white clover blooms, it smells like summer and I like that a lot.
0: And the bees love it. Yeah. We have a hard time getting clover to germinate. Like we've a couple of times broadcast clover and had nothing to show for it Aww. but yeah That's we crazy. love clover we want way more clover in our orchard in our grass like i feel like i'm always telling my mom more clover more clover need more clover she's in is new it, york she's in a totally do you, do you different place
1: any, like do you guys have any um i call it native clover gra- grass up in montana or is that a or is, or do you have different native what kind of native plants do you have up there as far oh. as um ground cover things
0: you know i don't know and i was just on the native plant society's website yesterday (laughs) looking for those kind of things i i think we have native clover Mm -hmm. uh some grasses Uh, i I was looking on my phone and not my computer so it was like
1: oh nice well the the thing is that also because you know clover doesn't work you know, well for all people in all places, so usually usually a good thing to do would be to sort of take a cue from the native, you know, your native plants, your local native plants, you know, a lot over the law of the na- nation, you get, a, you see sort of a lot of the same, um, like the common, um, you go into the woods, you see Dutchman's breeches, you see um, uh, trout lilies in the early spring, you see, you know, that sort of thing, but then you also have, you know, different areas, you know, we have out here we have the prairies and stuff and you, you do too, I guess, you know, so we have the different um, wild grasses and stuff. So, you, you know, when you use the native plants as, you know, uh, as well, probably not so much for cover crops, actually you could, you could, there are, and then you have to sort of get into the um, what, what actually is native in your area. But there's a, I was, (laughs) I actually wrote an article and I wasn't able to get it published yet. Well, actually i need to send it somewhere else but i was writing an article about native um, forages for cattle because i was trying to get it into the um, magazine i work for the angus journal and um you know there's a lot of you know you can build a really good soil you know not just soil but just a good um, um ecosystem of plants and you know of course then you get the little birds coming in and stuff working you know to eat the bugs and the seeds and stuff. But you can really get a lot of good out of native plants, you know, because you've got something that is perfectly set for your environment. It has been used in this, you know, your with your it works well with your soil and your um your weather. So you know it's a no-fail plant already. So it's just basically, you know, so and then also from the native plants you can sort of get a cue an idea of what plants also work well in your garden because you know you try to grow native you try to grow prairie plants in England you're not going you're not going to have any luck and if, and you know same for Missouri you know there's a lot of you know, I've always wanted to grow lupins and stuff like a traditional English garden and they're like nope ah, you know and they die. <laughs> so you know, I've had a hard time with those things. So and and there's a rose breeder I can't remember who it was that said there's no walkway between um England and the United States. You know, for the roses to come across and prosper, um, I th- actually it was um, that Rattle guy who wrote the Rose Bible. That's who said it. But yeah, so so if you're able to take your cues from the native plants that are growing that are native to your area, then you you're way ahead of the game. And also, you know, you know, I'm just kind of a sucker for native plants too. I used to be a, a volunteer naturalist for the Missouri Missouri Department of Conservation here. Good great uh, wildlife um, stuff that you learn and just you know it's just fascinating just okay I'm I'm like I'm talking a lot here so that is is something that's always fascinated me you know back even back when I was a little fifth grade girl you know walking around the woods with my wildflowers book trying to figure out what plant this was that I was looking at so yep natives (laughs) okay
0: Well, you know what? I'm going to quickly, because I'm looking at the clock. And like I said, I have another interview starting at 11.15. So uh, do you have a favorite recipe to eat from the garden?
1: Not particularly. I'm very bad about cooking. I'm like, honey, can you get me a pizza? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I'm going to put these beans in a pot and I will eat them. (laughs) How about a favorite
0: internet resource? Where do you find
1: yourself surfing on the web? oh um Flickr. this is funny the 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 old um, photograph or the old images i get in my gardening books i get them all Flickr. and they if you do a search for public like um gardening gardening um mm, catalogs and stuff know. yeah you can the library of congress not the library of congress yeah that's the library of congress but they have in the british british um library has a bunch of open source uh, public domain images that you can get and they um, scan them in from all these old um, gardening books and they're all available on Flickr so you can just sit there I just I spend a lot of time there looking at these old pictures and I also spend a lot of time I do a lot of resource I get a lot of resources from the university extension I talk those guys up a lot because they're just a very good resource and they're available and for all, pretty much all counties i guess not so much now but it's a yeah. wonderful resource and hopefully if we get more funding we can you know bring those guys back but they've been they've got so much um good science and um you know information that you can use
0: How about a favorite book or magazine is it the Elliot coleman book or do you have a book to
1: recommend besides your great books I always like. I think my I think my favorite um book of all time was the Manual of Woody Landscape Plants by Michael Durr. <laughs> it's a it's a big old tome. If you if you ever get a landscaper, um, you know, look up in their shelf and see if they have that book, and you know they're they're for real. Uh, also, the Garden Primer by Barbara Damrosch isn't the way back when I started working at the. Um, old mill nursery in 1993 i got a copy of that from the library and i was like oh i should go back to school and major in horticulture because i had like um changed my major 15 times before um (laughs) you and i have
0: so much you have no idea how much we (laughs) have in common
1: so those are the those are two of them i can think of at the moment i I also want to get i also want to get the old organic gardening magazines from the 1980s because those are oh. full of stuff that are so useful like it's hard for me to get a copy of it i gotta find some way to get i that. have
0: like ones from 2000 2001 2002 2003 i yeah, see
1: those were bad but, it's, but it's yeah the stuff, 80s so.
0: would be good can you believe the they went, went out bad. of business and first <gasps> to hearst of all people oh yeah. my god Rodale's oh. went out two years ago okay the oh, so so we can promote your books. We got to quickly get to my final question. Oh, yeah. Melinda, if there's one change you'd like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity or organization you're passionate about? A project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a
1: global scale? Ah. Uh... Oh boy, I've like got I can't think of any particular charities cuz I'm like make everything prairies, make everything plant more trees is my pretty much my yeah, um less development, more trees, more forest, more prairies. But I don't know how to I don't know which prairie or let me let me email you something. Maybe you can put it up on your website and attach it to there cuz right. I didn't. And maybe come you'll come
0: here. back and share with us about the edible landscaping.
1: Well, maybe I should. Maybe you should invite me. <laughs> yeah, just book a okay. time.
0: But you are Yay. totally invited. This has been so fun. Right. It's great to hear your voice and laugh with you. And oh. you have been sharing lots of golden seeds. So tell listeners to how to find your website and how to connect with you and make sure listeners should go on Amazon and leave reviews for her books so nice. other people can find them because she's got a, just a wealth of information out there that oh. we all need.
1: Well, thank you so much. Yeah, my the book... The, book I, am, the book, book I am puffing right now is called Stay Grounded, Soil Building for Sustainable Gardens. And it's under my pen name, Rose Fiend Cordell, because under my real name, Melinda R. Cordell, I write dragon novels. So I'm trying to keep them separate so Amazon doesn't like say, also, you should, if you bought this dragon novel, oh, you should also buy this plant book too. It
0: does do that.
1: So, it does. <laughs> it's called Also Bots. So, but you can find me on my website as well at MelindaCordell.com. I have so many books you have no idea <laughs> that's pretty crazy and i'll have more books here as soon as i get them done
0: all right well you keep writing i gotta go i got mary I reynolds on the line uh okay, thank you so much have a great day melinda you bye. too. bye hey listeners are you wondering how you can grow your own healthy and nutritious food with confidence have you been frustrated as a gardener does the thought of weeding make your back ache have you tried to grow a garden before and found you can't even keep a plant alive? Does the cost of organic produce in the store make you cringe? But the thought of bugs in your garden make your skin crawl? Well, we have the answer for you. FreeGardenCourse.com. It is so easy. You enter your email You will watch a video right there. You can get my organic Oasis checklist, our essential tools checklist. It all shows up right on the thank you page, freegardencourse.com. Hey listeners. I know it's been a while since I mentioned this, but if you are a fan of the organic gardener podcast and you'd like others to be able to find it and learn from my amazing guests, um, I would so appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. It just really helps others find the show and learn just like you and me. Uh, There's a link in the show notes. It's actually really easy to do once you get to iTunes. So, um, and you can get there right from your podcast app. Uh, You can get there online. If you're on um, the website, you can just Google organic order podcast at iTunes or go to my website and there's links to connect you there. Um, but it would just really, really help if we could get a few more reviews on iTunes. So if you could leave a review for the show, uh, I would really appreciate it. And so would our planet. Thanks again for listening and remember grow local.